What is this? Are you trying to trick me? What is this? What's going on here? What are you people doing here? You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. We've got another best of episode for you this week. I talk about movies a lot, so I decided to dig back into some of my movie episodes. Usually when I do an episode about movies, I put my commentary about the movies mixed with some movie tropes and have a combination episode out there. Well, this week, I decided to pull my two lists together from a couple of different episodes. I have 10 overrated movies for you, and I have 10 underrated comedies for you. It's interesting to me to hear these episodes again. These are from season two. Sometimes my opinions change over the years, but for the most part, on these movies you're about to hear me talk about, my opinions really haven't changed. Now, overrated and underrated is obviously subjective. These are my views. Your opinions may vary. You're entitled to have that opinion. I mean, we all know my opinions are right, right? Well, they're right for me. And you can scoff at them if you wish, or you can agree with them. But that's the beauty of doing these episodes. If you haven't heard these lists from Season 2, I hope you enjoy them. And if you did hear them already, well, I hope you enjoy them again. So here you go. The best of Storytime movie talk. So we've got 10 overrated movies. And they span the field of every possible genre you can think of. The first one is a hard one for me to put on the list, because I love the Marvel movies. I don't love all of them equally, as this movie establishes, but I do enjoy the Marvel movies, I enjoy the Marvel Universe, although, as an aside, I think I'm kinda done with the Marvel Universe after Endgame. Okay, I'm done, thanks. I don't need to see another 25 Marvel movies, I'm good. But that's a topic for another podcast. The first overrated movie, for me, is Captain America the First Avenger. I know, I know. Shh, wait, wait. Shh, shh, shh. Don't, don't, go, don't go crazy. I love Captain America. When I was a kid, I had a Captain America action figure. I love Captain America. He was one of my favorite and first superheroes. I thought he was really cool. Plus, I love the movie, for the most part. I love Chris Evans. He's in the movie. I think he's really good. He does a great job playing Captain America. And we've got Haley Atwell in there. Oh, I love Haley Atwell. She's such a good actress. Plus, Natalie Dormer. If you've never seen Natalie Dormer, she's awesome. But all that aside, and forgetting that I love everything Cap stands for, I hated the ending of this movie. Spoiler alert. His plane crashes into the ocean and he's frozen for 70 years. The guy had a week and a half on the plane at the end of the movie. He could have had a parachute. He could have jumped out of the plane and flapped his arms and maybe survived. The ending was just too contrived for me. It was painfully contrived. So much so that it ruined the rest of the movie for me. And that's a lesson that I've learned in movies over the years. Sometimes one scene can ruin the entire movie for you. And that's what Captain America's ending did for me. It ruined the whole movie for me. And I know people love Captain America. I know that people rate it highly. I don't. The next one on the list, Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. Stanley Kubrick is a revered director. People love him. He's done a lot of well-known movies, including The Shining. He did A Clockwork Orange. He did Full Metal Jacket. But he's also got two of the most overrated movies, in my opinion, on this list. And the first one is The Shining. Now, I'm a huge Stephen King fan, especially of The Shining. It was one of my favorite books. But in my opinion, Jack Nicholson is not Jack Torrance. It was horrible casting. I mean, Jack in the book was a normal, everyday 
Ward Cleaver kind of dad who went psycho. Jack Nicholson comes into the movie Psycho, so it's not really a stretch for him to get there as the movie develops. That's problem one. Shelley Duvall as the missus? No. And then Kubrick changed major plot points in the book. Spoilers coming up. He took out the topiaries and replaced them with a maze. And people say, oh, that was a masterful, genius stroke. It wasn't. The topiaries had a specific role in the book. And taking them out of the movie just removes that whole thing. It removes the whole supernatural aspect of what's going on at the hotel. And that's just one of the things. The other major thing, he rewrote the ending. The ending he gave us is not how the book ended. I mean, you just don't take a classical masterpiece of writing, which, in my opinion, The Shining is, and change the ending because you want to do something different. What's the point of making the movie of the book, then? Now, don't get me wrong. There's some great scenes in the movie. Here's Johnny is one of those classic Jack Nicholson lines from the movie. Although, it really doesn't have a place in The Shining. But that's just me. To me, this is a less-than-stellar version of a great story. And I don't understand why people call it a cinematic masterpiece. And if you look, they do. It's not. Number three on the list, Scarface. I know, I know. Oh, it's a great movie. It captures the 80s. It's really a great story about the drug dealer who makes good. Well, he doesn't really make good. He's a drug dealer who becomes successful. A lot of unnecessary violence. The great line, say hello to my little friend. Everybody says it. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a good action picture. It's a good 80s picture. It captures the spirit of the kind of movie it was. But Scarface is some kind of cinematic masterpiece as well? Mm, no, not so much. Next is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, is this such an overrated movie to me. Now, don't get me wrong. This is another movie where I love the people in the movie, but the movie itself, it was kind of meh for me. I mean, I love Tom Hardy. I think he's really good. I don't think I've seen him look the same in any movie that he's been in. Every movie he's in, he looks like somebody different. But he did a great job of what they gave him in this movie. And what they gave him is not a lot. There's not a lot of plot for Tom. I love Charlize Theron. I think she's a great actress. She's brilliant. Every award she's ever won, she deserves. She's incredibly good at whatever role they put her in. But just like with Tom, there's not a lot for her to chew on in this plot. Plus, it's a remake of some movies that I really, really liked. Now, the original Mad Max movies had Mel Gibson. And I know people have their issues with Mel Gibson. The guy could act. There's no question about it. The guy could act. And if you can divorce yourself from the kind of person that he is, Mel Gibson is really good. And he was really good in the Mad Max movies. And the Mad Max movies, to me, far better action pictures, far better post-apocalyptic fantasies than Mad Max Fury Road. And as long as we're talking about divorcing the personality from the person, Woody Allen's movie Annie Hall is revered by many as one of the greatest movies ever. Woody Allen, say what you will about him as a person, and what I say is he's not a great person. But people love him as a director? I don't get it. I don't get it. This is one of only two movies on this list that I haven't actually been able to watch all the way through. Every movie on this list I've seen all the way through except this one and the next one. I can't get through Annie Hall. It's like, <laughs> really? Do I have to keep watching? If I was supposed to do a review of this movie, I couldn't because I can't get through it. I've seen bits and pieces of it over the years. I tried to sit down and watch it from the beginning. I jumped in in the middle at one point and it's like, it's, it's too tedious. It's, it's just not good. 
I don't like Woody Allen's style. I don't like his voice. I don't like anything that he puts up on the screen. It's all the same stuff. People go back to some of his early stuff in the 60s and the 70s. I tried to watch one of his early movies, too. I forget which one it was. Bananas, maybe? He had some stupid movies out in the 60s and 70s. I couldn't watch that either. Couldn't get through it. But Annie Hall as one of the greatest movies of all time? Hmm, no, not so much. Another movie that people rave about and tell me, Oh, Gamer Dude, you'll love this movie. Super bad. Mrs. Gamer Dude and I sat down to try to watch that one night. This is the other movie on this list that we just couldn't get through. I couldn't get through it. We tried. We put it on. We let it go for 20, 25 minutes. And it was just painfully stupid. People love this movie, and I'm not one of them. Now, maybe it's because I didn't watch it while I was young. Maybe that has something to do with it. Some people say the humor is great. I mean, yeah, the McLovin thing is kind of funny. But the whole concept of the movie and the jokes and the acting and the... It it was just too stupid for me. We couldn't finish it. So yeah, I don't get super bad. Next up, The Fast and the Furious. What I need to know is, how did this film manage to get not one, not two, not three, what was it, eight sequels and now a spin-off series? The Fast and the Furious is a giant car chase movie, really. I mean, the action is great and it's fun to watch, but people love The Fast and the Furious, the original one. And all of the sequels. I'm not including all of the sequels, although you probably could. I mean, it's a good action movie, but as one of the greatest around, as one of these ones you hang your hat on as an example of great action movies, it's okay. But I don't get the enduring and unending appeal of the original Fast and the Furious, or, honestly, any of the sequels. Okay, we've got three biggies left on the list. The first one, Top Gun. Don't get me wrong, I love Top Gun. I think it's a great movie for its time. It was a great commentary on the way things were in the 80s. But as one of the greatest movies around, and as a movie that everyone was waiting for a sequel for, which is coming out, mm, no. I liked it. I liked the fighter jet scenes. I liked the training. Spoiler alert. I hate when Goose dies. I think that's horrible. They plucked all the heartstrings that they could. But it's not a great movie. I mean, it's a great movie, but it's not a great movie, if you know what I mean. It's not one of those that you're going to stack up against some of the all-time greats like Citizen Kane and Casablanca. It's a good movie. It's just a little overrated as far as I'm concerned. Next on the list, Titanic. Yes, it's a blockbuster movie. Yes, it clocks in at, what was it, three and a half, four hours long? But basically, the movie is the young couple meets... They find a mutual attraction, they hook up, the boat hits an iceberg, the boat sinks, and he sacrifices himself so she can live. There. Just saved you three and a half hours. I mean, it's not like it's a big secret what happens at the end of the movie. Iceberg! Dead ahead! We knew that was coming! And yeah, I mean, they have some really epic special effects in here, and it's really well done. Ooh, they showed us how the boat sank. Not a heavy lift, but they did a really good job of doing it. But as one of the greatest movies around, one of the best movies of all time, as even an incredibly epic movie, uh, it's okay. I watched it when it came out. I had it on VHS for years because I thought that I'd rewatch it. I never did. We've gotten rid of the VHS. I still have a VCR, and I didn't even keep the VHS tape because I knew I'd never sit down and watch it again. It's like, uh, boat sinks. And by the way... 
there was plenty of room on that hunk of wood that she was hanging on to, he could have survived. I'm just saying. Finally, Stanley Kubrick returns to the list with 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh my God, this is a tedious movie. I read the original book. The book was good. It's a science fiction book, and it's well done. Once again, Stanley Kubrick taking a book and turning it into an impossibly long and boring movie. It's broken up into essentially three parts. Spoiler alert. The beginning has apes finding a monolith and discovering the use of weapons in the form of sticks. I remember the ape throwing a stick up in the air as one of the triumphant moments of the first segment. Then the long, boring middle segment has the space trip out to Jupiter. And this is one where there's the evil computer taking over the mission. I can't do that, Dave. That's how the evil computer. It came on TV, I want to say six months ago, and I said, you know, I haven't seen this in ages. So I put it on and watched from the beginning. And it was tedious beyond belief. I remember trying to watch it when I was younger and trying to figure it out because I'd read the book and I didn't think it would be that difficult to do. It was. And then some of the long, slow, pedantic pans through space and through the space station. It just takes forever for anything to happen in this movie. And yeah, there's some tension towards the end between Hal and Dave. And then there's the third segment, which is like way over my head. I'm not a dumb man. I get symbolism. I can read into things. But this just got weird. And again, too, too, too long. Oh my God, he tortures me. Kubrick tortures me with his movies. I tried to watch A Clockwork Orange years and years ago. Couldn't get through it. It didn't even make my list because it's not as highly rated as some of his others. Never tried to watch Full Metal Jacket because it's Stanley Kubrick. Pretty much any movie that he's associated with, I've decided I probably don't need to watch that. After The Shining and 2001 A Space Odyssey, I'm quite confident I don't need to see any more Stanley Kubrick movies. That's just me talking. Other people love them. I'm just not one of them. So number 10 on my list of underrated comedies is a movie called What About Bob? It's a movie that stars Bill Murray, and all I have to do is say that, and that's usually enough for people, because Bill Murray is pretty much good in everything that he's in. But in this particular movie, Bill Murray plays a neurotic patient of a psychiatrist played by Richard Dreyfus, and it's just an interesting character study. The lines are good, the timing is great, the chemistry is good between the leads, I don't want to give too much away because there's a nice slow build that goes throughout the movie. And yeah, there's a lot of stupid stuff that happens. And as in most comedies, there's stuff that you look at and you go, that would never happen. Well, that's true, but that's kind of what makes it a good comedy too. So if you're looking for something a little different, a little off the beaten path, What About Bob is a good one. This next one is a weird little comedy. It's slightly comic, slightly action-y. It's... A kind of a hybrid, and it came out in the 80s, starred Eddie Murphy. It's a movie called The Golden Child. This is a weird little thing because it makes very little sense. It involves supernatural dragons and mystical people from Asia and Tibet, and it's just a weird-ass little movie. But it makes me laugh, and it's one of those movies, if I see it on one of the cable channels or I happen upon it in my DVD collection, yes, it's there, 
uh, I'll say, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that one in a while. And I'll pop that one in or I'll turn it on. And it does make me laugh. I mean, Eddie Murphy, back in the early days of his movie career, he was making some pretty good movies. And this is, although odd and not nearly as good as 48 Hours or Beverly Hills Cop, it's still a, it's still a fun ride. So I recommend it. And as long as we're talking weird, Asian, mystical, mysterious, Tibetan, crazy scenario type movies, that brings me to number eight on the list. This is even weirder than The Golden Child. Big Trouble in Little China stars Kurt Russell. And I don't know what he was doing in this movie. It was like he was doing a poor man's John Wayne imitation throughout most of the movie. And to this day, I really don't understand exactly what was going on in the movie, but it's one of my guilty little pleasures where that's another one that if I see it pop up on cable somewhere, I go, oh yeah, that's that oddball little movie. Let's check that out. And again, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not sure that I could spoil it because if I tried to explain a lot of the premise to you, he's trying to help a friend whose sister is kidnapped in Chinatown and there's a great big underworld thing going on there and there's mysticism and... It, it's just weird, but it's it's kind of funny, and it's it's one of those shake your heads and go, what are they doing in this movie kind of films that's, you know, a nice, pleasant way to kill 90 minutes. Number seven on my list of underappreciated or underrated comedies is Galaxy Quest. This is the one that stars Tim Allen, and it's kind of based on a one-liner that William Shatner allegedly used at a Star Trek convention years ago when he when he told the fans, get a life. It's about the cast of a make-believe sci-fi show who attend cons all the time, suddenly being thrust into a real-world science fiction adventure. It's really well cast. It's really well played out. It's really well thought out. It's a great comedy, and it makes me laugh every time it's on. So definitely check out Galaxy Quest. It's kind of a highbrow think about it, makes you ponder things kind of comedy. And that makes it completely different from number six on my list, which is the first Naked Gun film from the police from the Files of Police Squad. It's called Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. Police Squad was an old TV show that was put together back in the, I want to say late 70s, early 80s, by the same people who did Airplane, the original Airplane movie. They did a spoof of all of the cop shows that were on. It was called Police Squad, and it starred Leslie Nielsen, and it was a sitcom that was on every week for 30 minutes. It only lasted about a season, but it inspired three movies after the show was canceled, and all of them starred Leslie Nielsen as Officer Drebin, and it's just stupid slapstick humor. Just imagine the humor from the movie Airplane, but in a send-up of all of the police movies you've ever seen. And that's what you get with Naked Gun. All of them are good, but the first one is the best. If you like slapstick humor, if you like fart humor, if you like a little bit of bathroom humor, if you like people just being stupid, it's definitely worth your while. Oh, and by the way, this is one of the vehicles they were using to try to make O.J. Simpson a star. O.J. Simpson actually appears in all three of the movies, you know, before he had that little problem back in the 90s. This is fresh off of his football career and before his career as a master villain. Another underrated comedy, at least in my opinion, is Keanu. Now, this is only a couple of years old, but I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie. It's a film made by Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele, who I love. And this film, when it came out, I said, well, that's kind of an odd topic. It's about 
a couple of cousins chasing a cat. But it's so much more than that. So much more than that. The acting is good. The premise is good. There's some great cameos in there. It's definitely worth your while. Check out Keanu if you get the chance. Now, if you're familiar with the movie Shaun of the Dead, you'll know the players in number four on my list. Hot Fuzz. Shaun of the Dead is a great comedy, but I don't think it's underrated. Shaun of the Dead gets its due. Shaun of the Dead is a really good send-up of zombie pictures. It's really well acted, really well written, really well thought out. So Shaun of the Dead really gets its respect. But Hot Fuzz by the same folks, starring the same folks, is a really funny movie. Very, very well written. Very well acted. I love the premise. Again, I don't want to do spoilers on these movies. I'm just going to give you titles and maybe a little synopsis. Hot Fuzz is about a police officer in a small town in England discovering a great conspiracy. But, of course, set to funny. It's really funny. And I highly recommend it. Number three on my list is a movie called Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. It's a weird title, I know. It's a movie from 1995 starring Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo, and it's a very complicated premise to a point. You have some very interesting scenes with the leads playing drag queens on a cross-country trip and their car breaks down. It doesn't sound like a comedic premise. It doesn't sound like a comedic home run. But you know what? There's a lot of funny in this movie. There's also a lot of great messaging in this movie. It opens your mind a little bit if you give it a chance, which is a nice little bonus from a comedy. But it's a very entertaining movie. And if you've never taken the time to watch it, do so. It's really good. Number two on my list is a movie that goes back to 1950. It's a movie called Harvey. And it stars Jimmy Stewart, who is, in my opinion, one of the greatest actors we've ever had in the U.S. He was so good in everything. He's particularly good in this. Now, Harvey is not a slapstick comedy. Harvey is not an action comedy. It's a weird little fantasy, low-key comedy. It never goes to a full boil on everything. It kind of simmers. The synopsis I can give you is this. Jimmy Stewart has... A friend who's a six-foot-tall, invisible rabbit named Harvey. Yeah, that's the premise right there. This is a movie you have to sit down and pay attention to and give a listen to. And you have to shift down a little bit. You have to settle down a little bit. It's not a fast-paced movie at all. This is from the 50s, so it's going to be a little slower-paced. The plot is going to develop a little slowly. And it's, it's one of those movies you look at and you go, Wow, that's, that's, a, pretty cool, that's a pretty cool movie. So if you've got time and you want to go back to the days of kind of low-key comedy, but makes you think a little bit, definitely get your hands on Harvey. Give it a watch. You won't be disappointed. Now, number one on my list of underrated movies is a Jim Carrey vehicle. He's made a lot of movies, and Jim Carrey can chew up scenery and make you crazy. And some of the stuff that he does, I just don't appreciate. He's done a lot of movies where I just go, (laughs) really? But one of my favorite movies that he ever did is a movie called Liar, Liar. And in this movie, he plays a lawyer who, for 24 hours, can't lie. As you might expect, that causes a bit of havoc, especially for the kind of lawyer that Jim Carrey was playing. There are just some great scenes in this movie that just make me laugh. He is so good in them. He delivers his lines. The premise of the movie is well executed. The supporting cast is great. I love Liar Liar. So if you don't pull out any of the other movies that I mentioned, 
The number one movie on my list for you to check out for underrated comedies is Liar Liar. That's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate you listening to all of the episodes, including this best of episode. Hope you liked it. If you have any suggestions or stories you'd like to hear on future best of episodes, message me on Twitter, whisper me on Twitch. Just let me know. We'll find those stories. We'll put them up in future episodes. Thanks again, guys. Until next time, you take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.